Book Seven, Canto Seven of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Seven. Peeling from Jove to nature's bar, bold alteration pleads large evidence, but nature soon her righteous doom reads. Ah, whither dost thou now, thou greater muse, me from these woods and pleasing forests bring? And my frail spirit, that doth oft refuse this too high flight, unfit for her weak wing, lift up aloft to tell of heaven's king, thy sovereign sire, his fortunate success, and victory in bigger notes to sing, which he obtained against that titaness, that him of heaven's empire sought to dispossess. Yet, sith I needs must follow thy behest, do thou my weaker wit with skill inspire fit for this turn, and in my feeble breast kindle fresh sparks of that immortal fire which learned minds inflameth with desire of heavenly things. For who but thou alone, that art born of heaven and heavenly sire, can tell things done in heaven so long agone, so far past memory of man that may be known? Now at the time that was before agreed, the gods assembled all on Arlo Hill, as well those that are sprung of heavenly seed, as those that all the other world do fill, and rule both sea and land unto their will. Only the infernal powers might not appear, as well for horror of their countenance ill, as for the unruly fiends which they did fear, yet Pluto and Perserpina were present there. And thither also came all other creatures, whatever life or motion do retain, according to their sundry kinds of features, that Arlo scarcely could them all contain, so full they filled every hill and plain. And had not nature's sergeant, that is order, them well disposed by his busy pain, and ranged far abroad in every border, they would have caused much confusion and disorder. Then forth issued great goddess, great dame nature, with goodly port and gracious majesty, being far greater and more tall of stature than any of the gods or powers on high. Yet certes by her face and physnomai, whether she man or woman inly were, that could not any creature well descry, for with a veil that wimpled everywhere her head and face was hid, that mote to none appear. That, some do say, was so by skill devised to hide the terror of her uncouth hue from mortal eyes that should be sore agrised, for that her face did like a lion's shoe that eye of white could not endure to view. But others tell that it so beauteous was and round about such beams of splendor threw that it the sun a thousand times did pass ne could be seen but like an image in a glass. That well may seem untrue, for well I ween, that this same day when she on Arlo sat, her garment was so bright and wondrous sheen, that my frail wit cannot devise to what it to compare, nor find like stuff to that. As those three sacred saints, though else most wise, yet on Mount Thabor quite their wits forgot when they their glorious lord in strange disguise transfigured saw, his garments so did daze their eyes. In a fair plain upon an equal hill she placed was in a pavilion, not such as craftsmen by their idle skill are wont for princes' states to fashion, but Thirth herself, 
of her own motion out of her fruitful bosom made to grow most dainty trees that shooting up anon did seem to bow their blossoming heads full low for homage unto her and like a throne did show so hard it is for any living wight all her array and vestments to tell that old dan geoffrey in whose gentle sprite the pure well-head of poesy did dwell in his fowl's parley durst not with it mell but it transferred to allen who he thought had in his plaintive kinds described it well which who will read set forth so as it ought go seek ye out that allen where he may be sought and all the earth far underneath her feet was dight with flowers that voluntary grew out of the ground and sent forth odors sweet ten thousand mores of sundry scent and hue that might delight the smell or please the view the which the nymphs from all the brooks thereby had gathered which they at her footstool threw that richer seemed than any tapestry that princes bowers adorn with painted imagery the mole himself to honor her the more did deck himself in freshest fair attire and his high head that seemeth always hoar with hardened frosts of former winter's ire he with an oaken girland now did tire as if the love of some new nymph late seen had in him kindled youthful fresh desire and made him change his gray attire to green ah gentle mole such joyance hath thee well beseen was never so great joyance since the day that all the gods whilom assembled were on hemus hill in their divine array to celebrate the solemn bridal cheer twixt peleus and dame thetis pointed there where phoebus self that god of poets height they say did sing the spousal hymn full clear that all the gods were ravished with delight of his celestial song and music's wondrous might this great grandmother of all creatures bred great nature ever young yet full of eld still moving yet unmoved from her stead unseen of any yet of all beheld thus sitting on her throne as i have told before her came dame mutability and being low before her presence felled with meek obeisance and humility thus gan her plaintive plea with words to amplify to thee, O greatest goddess, only great, and humble suppliant, lo, I lowly fly, seeking for right, which I of thee entreat, who right to all dost deal indifferently, damning all wrong and tortious injury, which any of thy creatures do to other, oppressing them with power unequally, sith of them all thou art the equal mother, and knittest each to each as brother unto brother. To thee, therefore, of this same Jove I plain, and of his fellow-gods that feign to be, that challenge to themselves the whole world's reign, of which the greatest part is due to me, and heaven itself by heritage in fee. For heaven and earth I both alike do deem, sith heaven and earth are both alike to thee, and gods no more than men thou dost esteem, for even the gods to thee as men to gods do seem then weigh o sovereign goddess by what right these gods do claim the world's whole sovereignty and that is only due unto thy might arrogate to themselves ambitiously as for the gods own principality which jove usurps unjustly that to be my heritage jove's self cannot deny from my great-grandsire titan unto me derived by due descent 
as is well known to thee. Yet Mogur Jove and all his gods beside, I do possess the world's most regiment, as if ye please it into parts divide, and every parts in holders to convent, shall to your eyes appear incontinent. And first the earth, great mother of us all, that only seems unmoved and permanent, and unto mutability not thrall, yet is she changed in part, and eke in general. For all that from her springs and is a bred, however fair it flourish for a time, yet see we soon decay, and being dead, to turn again unto their earthly slime. Yet out of their decay and mortal crime we daily see new creatures to arise, and of their winter spring another prime, unlike in form, and changed by strange disguise. So turn they still about, and change in restless wise. As for her tenants, that is, man and beasts, the beasts we daily see massacred die as thralls and vassals unto men's behests, and men themselves do change continually from youth to eld, from wealth to poverty, from good to bad, from bad to worst of all. Ne do their bodies only flit and fly, but eke their minds, which they immortal call, still change and vary thoughts as new occasions fall. Ne is the water in more constant case, whether those same on high or these below. For the ocean moveth still from place to place, and every river still doth ebb and flow. Ne any lake that seems most still and slow, ne pool so small that can his smoothness hold, when any wind doth under heaven blow, with which the clouds are also tossed and rolled, now like great hills, and straight like sluices them unfold. So likewise are all watery living whites, still tossed and turned with continual change, never abiding in their steadfast plights. The fish, still floating, do at random range, and never rest, but evermore exchange their dwelling places, as the streams them carry. Ne have the watery fowls a certain grange wherein to rest, ne in one stead do tarry, but flitting still do fly, and still their places vary. Next is the air, which who feels not by sense, for of all sense it is the middle mean, to flit still, and with subtle influence of his thin spirit, all creatures to maintain in state of life. O oh, weak life that does lean on things so tickle as the unsteady air, which every hour is changed and altered clean with every blast that bloweth foul or fair. The fair doth it prolong, the foul doth it impair. Therein the changes infinite behold, which to her creatures every minute chance, now boiling hot, straight freezing deadly cold, now fair sunshine that makes all skip and dance, straight bitter storms and baleful countenance that makes them all to shiver and to shake rain hail and snow do pay them sad penance and dreadful thunderclaps that make them quake with flames and flashing lights that thousand changes make last is the fire which though it live for ever ne can be quenched quite yet every day we see his parts so soon as they do sever to lose their heat and shortly to decay so makes himself his own consuming prey. Nay, any living creatures doth he breed, but all that are of others bred doth slay, and with their death his cruel life doth feed, 
Not leaving but their barren ashes without seed. Thus all these four, the which the groundwork be of all the world, And of all living whites, to thousand sorts of change we subject see. Yet are they changed by other wondrous slights into themselves, And lose their native mites, the fire to air, and there to water sheer, and water into earth. Yet water fights with fire, and air with earth approaching near. Yet all are in one body, and as one appear. So in them all reigns mutability. However these that gods themselves do call, of them do claim the rule and sovereignty, as Vesta of the fire ethereal, Vulcan of this, with us so usual, Ops of the earth, and Juno of the air, Neptune of seas, and nymphs of rivers all, For all those rivers to me subject are, And all the rest which they usurp be all my share. Which to a proven true, as I have told, Vouchsafe, O goddess, to thy presence call the rest Which do the world in being hold, As times and seasons of the year that fall, of all the which demand in general, or judge thyself by verdict of thine eye, whether to me they are not subject all. Nature did yield thereto, and by and by bad order, call them all before her majesty. So forth issued the seasons of the year, first lusty spring, all dight in leaves of flowers that freshly budded and new blooms did bear in which a thousand birds had built their bowers that sweetly sung to call forth paramours and in his hand a javelin he did bear and on his head as fit for warlike stowers a gilt and graven morion he did wear that as some did him love so others did him fear then came the jolly summer, being dight in a thin silken cassock, colored green, that was unlined all to be more light, and on his head a girland well beseen he wore, from which, as he had chaffed been, the sweat did drop, and in his hand he bore a bow and shafts, as he in forest green had hunted late the libbard or the boar, and now would bathe his limbs with labor heated sore. Then came the autumn all in yellow clad, as though he joyed in his plenteous store, laden with fruits that made him laugh full glad that he had banished hunger, which to fore had by the belly oft him pinched sore. Upon his head a wreath that was enrolled with ears of corn of every sort he bore, and in his hand a sickle he did hold to reap the ripened fruits the which the earth had yoled. Lastly came winter, clothed all in frieze, chattering his teeth for cold that did him chill, whilst on his hoary beard his breath did freeze, and the dull drops that from his purpled bill, as from a limbeck, did a down distill. In his right hand a tippid staff he held, with which his feeble steps he stayed still, for he was faint with cold, and weak with eld, that scarce his lucid limbs he hable was to weld. These marching softly thus in order went, and after them the months all riding came, first sturdy march, with brows full sternly bent, and armed strongly rode upon a ram, the same which over Hellespontus swam, 
yet in his hand a spade he also hent and in a bag all sorts of seeds sisam which on the earth he strowed as he went and filled her womb with fruitful hope of nourishment next came fresh april full of lusty head and wanton as a kid whose horn new buds upon a bull he rode the same which led europa floating through the argolic floods his horns were gilded all with golden studs and garnished with garlands goodly dight of all the fairest flowers and freshest buds which the earth brings forth and wet he seemed in sight with waves through which he waited for his love's delight then came fair may the fairest maid on ground decked all with dainties of her season's pride and throwing flowers out of her lap around upon two brethren's shoulders she did ride the twins of leda which on either side supported her like to their sovereign queen lord how all creatures laughed when her they spied and leaped and danced as they had ravished been and cupid's self about her fluttered all in green and after her came jolly june arrayed all in green leaves as he a player were yet in his time he wrought as well as played that by his plough-irons mote right well appear upon a crab he rode that him did bear with crooked clawing steps and uncouth pace and backward yod as bargemen want to fare bending their force contrary to their face like that ungracious crew which feigns demurest grace then came hot july boiling like to fire that all his garments he had cast away upon a lion raging yet with ire he boldly rode and made him to obey it was the beast that whilom did foray the nemean forest till them phytrionide him slew and with his hide did him array behind his back a scythe and by his side under his belt he bore a sickle circling wide the sixth was august being rich arrayed in garment all of gold down to the ground yet rode he not but led a lovely maid forth by the lily hand the which was crowned with ears of corn and full her hand was found that was the righteous virgin which of old lived here on earth and plenty made abound but after wrong was loved and justice sold she left the unrighteous world and was to heaven extolled next him september marched eke on foot yet was he heavy laden with the spoil of harvests riches which he made his boot and him enriched with bounty of the soil in his one hand as fit for harvest's toil he held a knife-hook and in the other hand a pair of weights with which he did a soil both more and less where it in doubt did stand and equal gave to each as justice duly scanned then came october full of merry glee for yet his knoll was totty of the must which he was treading in the wine-fat sea and of the joyous oil whose gentle gust made him so frolic and so full of lust upon a dreadful scorpion he did ride the same which by diana's doom unjust slew great orion and eke by his side he had his ploughing share and coulter ready tied next was november he full gross and fat as fed with lard and that right well might seem for he had been a fatting hogs of late that yet his brows with sweat did reek and steam and yet the season was full sharp and bream in planting eke he took no small delight 
whereon he rode not easy was to deem for it a dreadful centaur was in sight the seed of saturn and Phernaeus, chiron height and after him came next the chill december yet he through merry feasting which he made and great bonfires did not the cold remember his saviour's birth his mind so much did glad upon a shaggy bearded goat he rade the same wherewith dan jove in tender years they say was nourished by the dean maid and in his hand a broad deep bowl he bears of which he freely drinks in health to all his peers then came old january rapid well in many weeds to keep the cold away yet did he quake and quiver like to quell and blow his nails to warm them if he may for they were numbed with holding all the day an hatchet keen with which he felled wood and from the trees did lop the needless spray upon an huge great earth-pot steen he stood from whose wide mouth there flowed forth the roman flood and lastly came cold february sitting in an old wagon for he could not ride drawn of two fishes for the season fitting which through the flood before did softly slide and swim away yet had he by his side his plough and harness fit to till the ground and tools to prune the trees before the pride of hasting prime did make them burgeon round so passed the twelve months forth and their due places found and after these there came the day and night riding together both with equal pace one on a palfrey black the other white but night had covered her uncomely face with a black veil and held in hand a mace on top whereof the moon and stars were pight and sleep and darkness round about did trace but day did bear upon his sceptre's height the goodly sun encompassed all with beamers bright then came the hours fair daughters of high jove and timely night the which were all endued with wondrous beauty fit to kindle love but they were virgins all and love eschewed that might forslack the charge to them forshewed by mighty jove who did them porters make of heaven's gate whence all the gods eschewed which they did daily watch and nightly wake by even turns ne ever did their charge forsake and after all came life and lastly death death with most grim and grisly visage seen yet is he not but parting of the breath ne ought to see but like a shade to ween unbodied unsold unheard unseen but life was like a fair young lusty boy such as they feigned and cupid to have been full of delightful health and lively joy decked all with flowers and wings of gold fit to employ when these were past thus gan the titaness lo mighty mother now be judge and say whether in all thy creatures more or less change doth not reign and bear the greatest sway for who sees not that time on all doth prey but times do change and move continually so nothing here long standeth in one stay wherefore this lower world who can deny but to be subject still to mutability then thus can jove right true it is that these and all things else that under heaven dwell are changed of time 
who doth them all disseize of being but who is it to me tell that time himself doth move and still compel to keep his course is not that namely we which pour that virtue from our heavenly cell that moves them all and makes them changed be so them we gods do rule and in them also thee to whom thus mutability the things which we see not how they are moved and swayed ye may attribute to yourselves as kings and say they by your secret power are made but what we see not who shall us persuade but were they so as ye them feign to be moved by your might and ordered by your aid yet what if i can prove that even ye yourselves are likewise changed and subject unto me and first concerning her that is the first even you fair cynthia whom ye so much make jove's dearest darling she was bred and nursed on cynthus hill whence she her name did take then is she mortal born how so ye crake besides her face and countenance every day we changed see and sundry forms partake now horned now round now bright now brown and gray so that as changeful as the moon men used to say next mercury who though he less appear to change his hue and always seem as one yet he his course doth alter every year and is of late far out of order gone so venus eke that goodly paragon though fair all night yet is she dark all day and phoebus self who lights him is alone yet is he oft eclipsed by the way and fills the darkened world with terror and dismay now mars that valiant man is changed most for he sometimes so far runs out a square that he his way doth seem quite to have lost and clean without his usual sphere to fare that even these star-gazers astonished are at sight thereof and damn their lying books so likewise grim sir saturn oft doth spare his stern aspect and calm his crabbed looks so many turning cranks these have so many crooks but you dan jove that only constant are and king of all the rest as ye do claim are you not subject eke to this misfare then let me ask you this without in blame where were ye born some say in crete by name others in thebes and others other where but wheresoever they comment the same they all consent that ye begotten were and born here in this world nay other can appear then are ye mortal born and thrall to me unless the kingdom of the sky ye make immortal and unchangeable to be besides that power and virtue which ye spake that ye here work doth many changes take and your own natures change for each of you that virtue have or this or that to make is checked and changed from his nature true by others opposition or obliquid view besides the sundry motions of your spheres so sundry ways and fashions as clerks feign some in short space and some in longer years what is the same but alteration plain only the starry sky doth still remain yet do the stars and signs therein still move and even itself is moved as wizard sane but all that moveth doth mutation love therefore both you and them to me i subject prove then 
since within this wide great universe nothing doth firm and permanent appear but all things tossed and turned by transverse what then should let but i aloft should rear my trophy and from all the triumph bear now judge then o thou greatest goddess true according as thyself dost see and hear and unto me a doom that is my due that is the rule of all all being ruled by you so having ended silence long ensued nay nature to or fro spake for a space but with firm eyes affixed the ground still view it meanwhile all creatures looking in her face expecting then of this so doubtful case did hang in long suspense what would ensue to whether side should fall the sovereign place at length she looking up with cheerful view the silence break and gave her doom in speeches few i well consider all that ye have said and find that all things steadfastness do hate and changed be yet being rightly weighed they are not changed from their first estate but by their change their being do dilate and turning to themselves at length again do work their own perfection so by fate then over them change doth not rule and reign but they reign over change and do their states maintain cease therefore daughter further to aspire and ye content thus to be ruled by me for thy decay thou seek'st by this desire but time shall come that all shall change it be and from thenceforth none no more change shall see so was the titanus put down and whist and jove confirmed in his imperial sea then was that whole assembly quite dismissed and nature's self did vanish whither no man wist the eighth canto unperfect when i bethink me on that speech while air of mutability and well it weigh Meseems that though she all unworthy were of the heavens rule yet very sooth to say in all things else she bears the greatest sway which makes me loathe this state of life so tickle and love of things so vain to cast away whose flowering pride so fading and so fickle short time shall soon cut down with his consuming sickle then gin i think on that which nature said of that same time when no more change shall be but steadfast rest of all things firmly stayed upon the pillars of eternity that is contraire to mutability for all that moveth doth in change delight but thenceforth all shall rest eternally with him that is the god of sabbath height o thou great sabbath god grant me that sabbath's sight end of canto seven Recording by Thomas Copeland. End of Book 7 of The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. End of The Fairy Queen.